I'm Russ. And I'm Danny. And this is the Memory Makers Podcast. The show focused on helping you create amazing experiences and make more memories. Memory Makers Podcast. That's the new one. So, you know, for for those watching and listening, Russ has a different version every time. He doesn't tell me what it's going to sound like or feel like, and then we get into it, and I'm like, ooh, that's fun. Well, this one took took inspiration from the brick behind me, because I was thinking, she's a brick house. Do-do-do. Good God Almighty! So, I I love that song. Tiff did not want it at our wedding, and and I was befuddled by it. But I, I you know, and like most things, when we were planning the wedding, I just we were keeping the skis pointed downhill. <laughs> you know, I love the fact that we're what forty five seconds in, and you've used the word befuddled, and that makes me very happy. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, what you what been up to, brother? <laughs> I wanted to hit up before we get into today's topic that something really cool that happened uh, a couple days ago is I was uh, hiking out in the mountains near Vail with my wife and we were in an area that was marked with um, uh, it was like an active moose area and so there were Ooh. warning signs about what to do if you see a moose yeah. and we we wanted to see one right and we've done many hikes in these areas that have them but we've never actually seen one i wanted to see one from a distance not up close because they can be very dangerous and it mm-hmm. finally happened nice we were hiking and we we kind of came around this bend and my wife was in front and she's the first one to spot it and she goes moose because we were we decided that was the word we're going to use like don't try to explain it. just say the word moose and stop <laughs> And I love that you not, guys have a plan. Like, of course, you have a plan and and like a whole contingency in place. I love it. Keep going. Yeah, Sorry. Well, we didn't want to say, oh my gosh, look over there. I think I see a moose. Yeah. Just want to say, moose. That was that was the word, right? And <laughs> so we stopped, and it was about 150 feet ahead on the trail. Um, and we waited for a few minutes because we had no other choice. We weren't going to approach it. And then it was actually two moose because there was another one right behind it and then they moose-i kind of... moose-um moose-ies <laughs> meese <laughs> meese meeses yes well, two yeah, like meeses uh, got it so they eventually kind of sauntered off into the woods and we continued our hike but i was really happy that i finally saw a moose and from a safe distance yeah that's a win-win right there kudos so veil was splendid and lovely and all of oh, the yeah. beautiful scenes and love that oh very lovely indeed well, speaking of lovely indeed, let's talk about how we can uh, help increase some business here. Yeah, that's today's topic. So, you know, we're going to go over some really super practical ways that everyone can grow their business because everyone wants to grow their business. I've never met anyone who's like, yeah, I want my business to be smaller, right? It's about growth, profitable growth. Um, but what happens is sometimes as owners and leaders, we can overcomplicate the process. Now, according to Jay Abraham, who's a business consultant and an author who's written several books, there are three ways to grow a business. That's it. Just three. And today we're going to review each of those three and how they apply to family entertainment centers and location-based entertainment venues so that you can take these tools, simplify your approach, and make huge growth within your business. So, Russ, I'm going to pass it off to you to hit on the first method. You got it. So we start off with increasing the number of folks coming to your center, right? Getting more customers in the door. And this is all about getting, um, acquiring these new customers. And so that we have more people that are exposed to it. 
sounds sounds great rust great how do we how do we actually focus on that and so i think that you know in previous uh, episode we talked about targeting your demographics and maybe you want to be targeting a new area um, that you're not tapped into currently um, or maybe there's an, an area that you're just underutilizing. Um, you, you get some business with it, but it's a, an uncovered gem so far that you haven't really been able to um, to focus on. And this one, you know, with your software and everything that you will you will typically have, and, and Lord knows there is a, a ton of different options out there and, and a variety of software that you're using. But even if you don't have perfect crystal data that's super drilled in, but you have some some basic rudimentary uh, metrics to be able to count, that's fine because if that's what you're comparing it against, you can still see what measured increase is. And then as you get more data, you know, you can start putting that to work for you. But how are you tracking those numbers currently? What does that look like? You know, your year over year comps, all of those kinds of things really help you start to get into the, okay, where are some of our downtimes that we want to be able to focus on getting uh, people in the door more quickly um, than they normally would? What are some um, incentives that we can, um, you know, put out there? How are we going to make something that's really relevant to this new group or these new people uh, who haven't come into our, our facility before? Um, and so it's just thinking again, uh, building off of this mindset of being very intentional. What do we want to accomplish? We want to accomplish more of this group of people to be coming here. Great. How are we going to find them? How are we going to speak their language to them? So that way they see that we're, we're in alignment with them. We're something that they want to have and, um, and then actually getting them to take action on that. So, you know, being mindful and building off of the, these foundations and previous episodes that we've talked about, that really starts to lend uh, a, a good areas of opportunity for you to focus on for new people coming in the door. Now, you mentioned all about new people coming in the door, and method number two is what happens once they're in the door. And this is all about increasing the average transaction value. And really, the the other term for this in our industry is per cap spending, right? And so there's a lot of ways that we can look at this. One of them is your staff can upsell at the front counter, right? You can make certain packages that push people to spend more than they would on maybe one or two individual a la carte items or attractions or experiences within your venue creating really good packages that are enticing that they say oh i do want to do that i want to spend the extra money to do that particular package that has some really cool things as part of it another way also is to leverage kiosks there are a lot of different um you know swipe card manufacturers that have these different kiosks that allow you to um you're able to kind of self-serve in a way with with your own um, arcade cards, but you can also do this with other attractions and other pieces that are within the facility so that you can provide the ability for customers to pay themselves and remove some of that friction um, while still providing that human experience if they want to go talk to somebody at the front counter or purchase anything there. You know, another another item, too, is that increasing um, or improving your food and beverage offerings, right? Mm. Because if we can find ways to deliver food that people want to eat, that is huge. You know, when we go back in time and we think about what 
family entertainment centers were when it came to food and beverage offerings 10 to 15 years ago. It was much more of the concession stand, snack shack type of vibe. But today, so many venues have elevated that experience to um, kind of a, a full service kitchen and providing food that is a lot more enticing for people to want to eat because mm -hmm. if they want to eat your facility they're not going to have to say we're going to leave now to go get lunch or dinner or have to get dinner or lunch before they come to your facility that's wrapped up into that full experience i agree with you there i think that 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 two-fold impact that you get with the food and beverages one it's something else and it's a new profit center in and of itself that they can spend that on but it also increases their dwell time people are not looking to run errands for their their entertainment and that convenience and that removing of the friction and having those things in place and I would say you'd get a pretty consistent consensus from the consultants and there's a fun alliteration for you is that getting their input and their insights upping your food and beverage game in the in the large scheme of things while adds to your operations a little bit the profitability that comes from that and and doing average or mediocre food versus spending a little you know a fractional increase to be able to get the higher quality elements and better presentation the the massive jump that you start to get in what you can be charging for that food as well you know so so the the presentation and the quality that is not only in and of itself making money, but it's it's feeding into these metrics of getting them to stay there longer like you were talking about, Danny. Yeah, and that's, you know, that dwell time goes hand in hand with the per cap spending. The longer yeah. that people stay within your venue, the more likely they are to spend more money. How are you creating an environment where people are comfortable and they want to stay longer, right? Mm -hmm. You think about mom and dad bringing their kids to the entertainment venue. Well, what are you doing to make them comfortable in order to have them say, yeah, I want to stay here? Maybe it's the good food and beverage that we talked about. Maybe it's comfortable seating. Maybe it's thinking about noise control and how loud it is in the lounge or um, you know restaurant area where they might be seated. Maybe it's the good Wi-Fi. There's lots of different ways you can think about making the experience comfortable for the parent because if the parent's uncomfortable, they're going to want to get out of there as fast as possible. But if you create a really great environment, they're much more likely to stay continuing to, to, to um, reload the kids' cards or have them play attractions or whatever the case may be to stay in that door longer. Now, there's IAPA does these benchmark studies where they review portions of the amusement industry, and specifically, mm -hmm. they've got one for family entertainment centers, and they track... Um, among uh, family entertainment centers, the average visit duration, which is 2.3 hours, mm -hmm. right? And that got me thinking. And the last thing I want to say about the, the average transaction as it relates to dwell time is what are you doing as a business owner to track the dwell time in your center? How do you have a system in place to know how long people are spending in there, right? And if you do, how can you take that one step further to know not only how long are people staying in your center, but how much time are they spending in different areas of your center? If you've got multiple attractions like bowling and laser tag and arcade and high ropes course and maybe a couple other things, how can you track the amount of time that people are spending in different areas to be able to use that data, which you're going to hit on in the next point in order to um, kind of remarket to customers? So that's the last point there. Uh, when it comes to the increasing the average transaction value and Russ, I'm going to throw it back to you for method number three. Yeah, absolutely. So this, um, the third metric is, or third method rather is increasing the frequency of that repurchase. And so there are a couple of different ways that, that you can have this, right? If, if it's something 
if you're in the blessed, you know, position to have so many um, attractions where, you know, oh, we've got 60,000 square feet and they can do go-karts and arcade one time and they can come back and do laser tag and escape rooms another. like, that's all well and good if, if you have a, a big enough space to be able to do it. But we also need to be thinking of, of hey, what are our core, you know, fan favorites that, uh, you know, that we have and, and how are those, how do we know what pieces that we're offering are relevant to those different um, guests in order to get them to come back at a time that they otherwise wouldn't. And so Dana, you had mentioned IAPA doing the benchmark surveys every couple of years. And right now we're seeing in the FEC spectrum um, from that benchmark survey is that the average customer is visiting a facility 2.9 times per year, which is up. It used to be about 2.2, 3 um, but we're, we're seeing that uh, revisits actually increasing which is really encouraging and I think that that's a reflection of the market again elevating what the guest experience is and being much more of a high fidelity approach you know and removing friction all of that right because if it's if it's between here and somewhere else I want to go with what's going to be easier and what we can have more fun with doing and so that is is a a really one, a important one for you guys to pay attention to as operators as well as do we have a way to track how many times our guests are coming because the the surveys are great but again averages only tell us so much of a story we want to make sure that we're really honing in because our number may be may need to be higher than that um, based on just the overall population density that we have we you know we may need people to be coming back five times how do we bundle and package and price things appropriately for that. Um, but ultimately, it really comes down to we put a lot of effort into collecting guest data these days, whether it's from Wi-Fi logins or waivers, uh, your customer CRM, your previous party bookings, um, you know, these all of these different things. But what are we actually doing with this information? And are we sending them content that's relevant to what they actually like? So, Danny, you had um, just touched on. What are, how, where are they spending their time and how much time are they doing in those areas? Because if I'm just blasting out my general newsletter-esque kind of one-size-fits-all content, that's not going to do anything. For, you know, if I'm sending out stuff around, um, you know, uh, gift cards or redemption counter, new prizes and, you know, arcade kind of focused things that's not going to do anything for my guy that just comes in and does pizza and bowling. And so if we can focus and create content that that speaks to that person at a little bit more of an individual level and actually leverage that data, you get so much further so much faster um, by taking that approach. And so these these may be things that you're not tracking currently, but talk with your software providers. Um, all of the big players out there will, will have some different metrics because you'll be pulling information from your food and beverage point of sale, from your um, arcade, uh, plays, you're going to, you know, the, your card system can go a long way in helping give you insights into tracking these players. Um, and the, the value of that data that you get and the investment, it's everybody that we've talked to. I've yet to meet somebody who says, yep, we went in and, and bought in on getting more of this type of data so we can make better decisions. I've yet to see somebody who's actually leveraged that, not have a successful outcome there with it. So knowing that we, this information is only so good as as far as we use it, really being aware of, okay, you know, if it's Wi-Fi or if it's waivers, we know that they were doing, you know, these different things. Are we, are you able to track through the Wi-Fi where they're going through all of these things? 
can sound complicated and intimidating, but there are very straightforward systems that you can add into your mix to make that a uh, very real possible, uh, very real actuality of, of, okay, now we can really start to hone in this content and speak to our guests at an individual level, get them in on a Thursday that they weren't planning on doing. Maybe it helps us say, Ooh, you know, there's an opportunity here for us to create a, a social opportunity or a meetup group or, or other things like that. It just helps you start to uncover where a uh, few Future opportunities are. And you mentioned the word newsletter, and uh, I'm going to hop on my soapbox for a minute as someone <laughs> who spent a long time in marketing. When it comes to your business, think of the word newsletter as a four-letter word. That's a bad yeah. word. Don't use the word newsletter because there's two reasons for that. Number one, if you have a newsletter and you put that on your website saying sign up for our newsletter no one's going to do it because number one what is it why should i join what are you going to send me how often are you going to send it and why is it relevant to me none of that information is available because all you say is newsletter then the other problem is whether or not people are signing up for it or you're using your other data to send that is it's just the same information to your entire list and like you had mentioned before being able to target very specifically who you're sending to, uh, what you're sending to who and when is important so that you're not just blasting out to everyone all at once and sending information that is not relevant to 80% of your list. You can kind of uh, bucket it down and find really interesting ways to re-engage that audience. So I did want to mention that. Now, And you you just don't want to be white noise to, to the, this is a person you're trying to get to pay attention to you more. So it needs to be something that they're actually going to pay attention to and it has to be relevant for them and they have to see themselves, you know, excited about doing that. So these should be opportunities to highlight fun and service, right? And, and just ease and entertainment and not, not just the general blast out piece. I think that that's, that's going to be a hard one to shake for, for folks that, you know, aren't in a position where they, they feel comfortable taking that challenge on. But this is one where you, you just don't want to get left behind, you know, and this is a big tidal wave of, of momentum that will help propel you forward. Speaking of propelling you forward, there's a really good way to do this. I'm calling turning the dials, right? Mm. We've we've already identified the three areas, the three methods to increase your revenue, right? Uh, to grow your business. It's uh, the number of customers. It's the per cap spending for each of those customers. And it's the frequency of uh, repurchase, how often they come back. If you take each of those areas and increase them by 10%, it turns into a 33% increase in revenue, which sounds wild, like 10, 10, 10 <laughs> equals 33. And I like to share that for a couple reasons. One, we sometimes think, oh, if I need to have these big results in my business, I need to make drastic giant increases or huge changes. But really it comes down to making these small little tweaks and turning the dials in multiple areas that compound together to create the huge results, right? There's a, there's a quote that I really like, ordinary things done consistently pr- produce extraordinary results. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this is all about. We don't need to make these giant, huge changes. Now we know, okay, we've simplified. We've taken the idea of growing my business and simplified it into three methods. Now we know if I can just increase each of those methods by a certain percentage, it's going to create a compounding impact on my top line revenue and my business growth. And so I feel, and we both feel, this is a very very valuable strategic and tactical approach for how you can grow your business. And I think that... Hopefully, you're going to walk away with some really good tools. And I think that, Russ, to me, seems like a really good place to wrap up 
today's episode. Yeah, I like that framework of let's take a look at our numbers. How can we see some small incremental increases across these three areas to net a bigger effect? And the execution is is always something that, that you know, will take fine tuning and, and finding its way, but that is never a reason not to do it. And so this is a, a big game changer. So uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Liked what we covered today, Danny. I did too. I'm going to go ahead and toot our own horn real quick on that one. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Oh, goodness. We're a pair, aren't we? Yes, we sure are. <laughs> Um, well, I've really enjoyed this episode and, and hope you guys have as well. Um, with that, we've got a lot more coming your way, continually uh, coming up with more topics and content for you, um, building off of our experiences and uh, building off of our, our upcoming guests' experiences as well. So we're very excited to share all of that with you, and, um, and we, we are going to continue to bring the noise and bring the funk for you here. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and uh, leave us a review if you would. And please and thank you on those five stars. If you've got any ideas for future episodes for topics or guests, shoot us a message on any of our social media platforms. We would love to hear from you. And shout out to Mikey Mike on the ones and twos back there running the ultra web for us. And um, thank you once again for joining us and we'll catch you on the next one, troublemakers.